VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places. Hey, welcome in. I'm Doug Gottlieb, and this is All Ball. All hoop, all the time. Think you're gonna love, uh, I think you're going to love this week's podcast. Um, that's because uh, we have a, a special guest. Um, Andrew uh, Combo Salab, uh, you, can, um, you can follow him on social media, on the gram, um, at 1-2-Combo. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter. You can download his podcast, He's a former professional basketball player, mostly in Israel, although spent a little bit of time in Denmark, grew up in New York City, and you're going to follow his journey. It's kind of unique, right? Didn't play Division One basketball, didn't play Division Two, Division Three. bounced around high schools. How did he get to playing overseas? How did it all happen? You will, uh, you will, you will find out. Um, he's going to join us momentarily. I, I you know, look, we're, we're getting ready here. For this upcoming NBA season, I have some really good guests set to join us. But as we get ready for college and college basketball, kind of weird, does feel like there's been this mass upheaval. And and I'm not sure that we've done a good enough job of covering it. Coach K, this is last year. Roy Williams is retired. Jim Beheim's still going strong. But w- once you have, you know, a name like a Roy Williams retiring, you're having a lot of of guys that had a chance, a Jason Terry, um, um, a 
Damon Stoudemire leave the college game. You have overtime elite. You have the G League uh, Ignite team. You have all of these challenges. I'm going to be fascinated by college basketball. And this could be the last year of the Big 12 is currently um, a constituted. And obviously what happens with Kansas is paramount for the sport. But I think it's going to be interesting what happens to Oklahoma. There's a program that's been really successful through multiple head coaches. But how do they look in the SEC? That that part's going to be really interesting. All right, we'll get to more of that in a second. First, though, let's catch up with Andrew Salop. Um, let's let's start at the very beginning. You grew up where? Riverdale, New York, in the Bronx. R- huh? Riverdale, New York, in the Bronx. You don't know my yes, dad's actually originally from the Bronx. Okay. Um, Mine too. So Doug. early on, like middle school days, where are you playing? Oh, middle school days. Wow. Well, in the parks, um, in, you know, all kinds of leagues. I went to a lot of different high schools. Uh, I mean, I went to a lot of different middle schools and high schools just for basketball reasons. Um, yeah, it was a private school in New York called York Prep. That was one of them. And then I ended up transferring to St. Thomas More, which was a prep school really young. So, yeah, I was all over the place. So, man, I was all over the place, Doug. Okay, so, but what's your what's your family situation like? It's good. You know, Riverdale is, you know, middle class, the upper middle class, Jewish community in the Bronx. Um, yeah, it was good situation. You know, my my parents aren't basketball people, kind of like right. their dad. They, they weren't that. So I had to figure out the game on my own to some degree. But, you know, they put me in positions to be great. Like they sent me to basketball camp. They gave me my space whenever I wanted to play. They never shunned me away from playing the game, but my upbringing was great. I, I mean, it just because it's interesting. So my dad grew up in the Bronx. His dad was uh, a self-made man, like an accountant. And then eventually they moved out to Long Island when he was a car dealer okay. and became a car dealer because like most accountants, you know, you find failing businesses and you, you know, you get a piece of that business and he turned into a very successful one, but, but his, my dad's infatuation with the sport was not met with like, oh, hey, great support from at home. They thought like, all right, this is fun. You have fun. And when you get done with college, you come take over the family business, right? So I'm just wondering for you, you grew up in a, you know, upper middle class Jewish neighborhood in the Bronx. Right. You're, you're chasing it and you're switching high schools. I'm just wondering what that conversation is like at home. No, they were great about it. Um, they never tried to steer me away from it. They wanted me to do what I loved. And my mom will tell everybody I was obsessed with basketball since the age of seven. It was all I ever wanted to do. Never really talk about this much on my podcast, but you know, my mom always talks about it to me. Like all you ever wanted to do was basketball. So yeah, they never shunned me away from it. I would say that my mom would always, you know, she would always talk about the lawyers and the doctors and how they're so successful but she would never try and steer me in that direction, if that makes sense. Right. <laughs> the Jewish mother wants your kid to be a lawyer, a doctor, and you're really a screw up an accountant, right? That's, <laughs> right, that, right. That's that's what that's that, that's what it is. Um, okay, so you get to St. Thomas More. How old are you? I'm 14. I'm really young, and you know, there was the PG team, and I, I was on the JV team because I was young, you know, and uh, a lot of great players like Carl Krauser, Julian Sensley. I don't know if you remember some of those names. But Carl, 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 yeah, Carl was my Carl roommate. Krauser, Pitt? Of course I remember yeah, Carl. Yeah. So Carl was my roommate. He was, he was older than me. Um, that was, you know, it was just a great experience. I played JV, played really well. Um, 
it was it was a good experience. I mean, it was a little bit of a weird school. You know, you had to dress up in these suits and there was no girls. It was a little bit strange. But for the most part, I got to work on my game, you know, get in the gym early and see what high level high school basketball was all about from a young age. Um, okay, so you stayed there. All you say you bounced around a bunch of high schools. Where, where, where was? Oh that? yeah. So then I left there, um, went to public school. Tenth grade, played varsity. Was really short. Still was like five eight. My 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 athleticism and my height didn't reach up to my skills yet. So you know it was a tough experience playing varsity at that age. But I improved quick. What throughout what, the year. what school? What school? Clinton in the Bronx. Yeah, Clint in the Bronx. You guys any good? We were pretty good. You know, we got pretty close to making the garden, uh, but we didn't get there. We had a good run in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay, so that's your sophomore year, your junior year, then what do you do? I go to Winchenden. Okay, so now you go to another prep school. That's up in Massachusetts, right? Yes, sir. So, so you show up at, you show up at Winchenden, it's probably in August. Yes, sir. First, how did you how did you connect with the coaches at Winchester? I think I was sending out a bunch of you know emails. I, I don't know if it was emails back then, letters, and uh, you know they gave me the go. So actually, that was the year I grew. So they had like a varsity team, and a, you still there, Doug? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. They had a varsity team and a PG team. So I played on the varsity team, and I started growing like. I averaged, which was basically the B team. I, I averaged basically like 33 to 35 points a game on what you would call, you know, the B team. I, I, it was 11th grade. Um, yeah. And I started to grow. Like I grew from like five, nine to, to six, four, six, five, you know, really quick. I started playing above the rim. I, I improved a lot that year. So that was a good experience. And I decided to leave right after the basketball season. <laughs> Wait, so you left there too? Who was on your team at Winchester? Well, there was uh, Curtis Stinson was there. Francisco Garcia was there. Um, Mike Lytle, who's now a bass, uh, who's now a sneaker YouTuber that you might have heard of called Mr. Fomer Simpson was my roommate with Curtis Stinson as well. So, yeah, there was a lot of good players there. Um, so you, you grew from from five, eight to six, four, six, five. Yeah. Yes, sir. Maybe five, ten to six, four, six, five. That's crazy. I mean, you probably you probably should stay back. I mean, I, I stayed back and I grew from like five feet to five, nine, five, ten. So I told I totally get it. Um, okay, so then you decide why'd you decide to leave? I I didn't like the school. I just I was so out of it. Um, I was missing classes. They didn't kick me out yet, but I was on the verge of it. I was never a school person, Doug. Um, and I just left after and I went back to public school. My grades weren't good enough to play senior year. I knew you were going to ask me that. So I had to take the Juco route and I went to a <laughs> so division. Hold on. So you didn't play basketball. Your senior, you go to two prestigious prep schools. You start as a sophomore at a public school. You go back to yes. public school your senior year, but you're not academically eligible. Yes, I am not. So I finish up at Clinton um, and I graduate, but you know, schools are interested, but there's no way I could go to any of them because of my grades. So I had to take the division one Juco route, Doug. Wow. Uh, so where'd you go? Westchester, man. It was a good experience. I was an all region player. My first year, you know, we traveled to places like Idaho, Wyoming, Utah. And I think the Juco level is a lot higher level than people think. 
Uh, and back then it was interesting. It was kind of like more like the modern game. I remember going out to Utah and Wyoming and everybody was jacking threes, playing up and down, playing fast. A lot of good players. It was a great experience. Um, Ron's brother, Daniel Artest, was on my team that year. We had some fun playing in Utah. We played well together out there. And it was a good experience. I was an all-region player. Um, and it went pretty well. We lost, actually, in the regional finals on a buzzer beater to a guy I ended up playing with in the ABA later in my life named Garfield Ricky Johns, who now I think is an assistant coach at Iona. So we lost to him. I cried that day. We lost in the, in the regional championship, man. But it was a good year. So you, you stay there for your sophomore year? So, Doug, you know, New York City, big street ball uh, is the mecca of street ball. I play street ball. I tear my ACL that year and I have to sit out red shirt and then come back the third year. And I wasn't quite the same yet, but wait, I was getting you, how, there. How did you tear your ACL? What were you doing? Playing in, a, playing in Nelson Park in the Bronx. Outdoors? Outdoors. I'm a big street ball uh, guy, Doug. I played in Dykeman and Rucker. Like, so that was all going on through these years as well. So you tear your ACL. When, when you did it, how did you do it that time? Driving hard in transition. Somebody just bumps me. <laughs> the three pops. They're like, they, they run up to me. You're all right. You're all right. I'm like, maybe I am all right. I walk. My knee is not even in really. It's hardly there. It's, it's buckling. I get on the train. You know, somebody helps me up the stairs. I get home. And yeah, man, the next 10 months was the toughest 10 months of my life. Uh, what'd you, so what'd you tear that first time? ACL, MCL, meniscus. Uh, what'd you have it replaced with? My hamstring graft. Okay. Which is what I did for, did, did for mine. So um, this is the hard one, right? Because um, you still had a lot of basketball to play, whereas I don't have as much to play, but you're not yes. at a major university. So it's not, there's not somebody on your ass to rehab, right? You're just kind of, you know, 19, 20 years old. Uh, so how'd you rehab that time? So, yeah, I went to a great hospital, man. I forgot the name of it. It was in Manhattan kind of near Dykeman and Inwood. I forgot to, oh, Columbia Presbyterian. Yeah, they, they did a great job with me. You know, I was there. I was very motivated to get back. I was definitely worried that I'll never come back the same. But, you know, I fought through it, um, played a lot of video games, did a lot of push-ups, and went to therapy and focused on that. Um, now it's easier because you have YouTube helping you out, man. You could, like, rehab on your own pretty much if you just watch the right videos. Back then wasn't so much. So I, I was dedicated to it, though. I really wanted to get back, and I wanted to play professionally eventually. Okay, so your third year, you go back, back to Westchester? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wasn't quite the same yet. So I played, I played well. There were schools, you know, D1s, NT2s interested after that year. I don't think I was as good as my first year, just in terms of a player, but I came back doing something. It's funny, I came back, my jump shot wasn't as good, but I became more athletic. I was a little too strong up top. I lost a little flexibility. It was just a whole mixture. I wasn't quite there yet. It takes like a full year or two to get all the way back. But I did have some, you know, I played well. I played well, and there was colleges interested and, you know, grades again. Didn't have the grades. So, so what did you decide to do? I decided to play in the ABA. Who would you go play for? Teresa, Teresa Weatherspoon in the Westchester Phantoms. Wow. Uh, what year is this? 0405. Okay. So yeah. my, my recollection of the ABA, I was in Phoenix. And okay. um, I had just got back. I was playing in Israel and they were fucking around with the money. And I was just like, tell me about it. 
done. I just I went to the president of uh, Maccabi Renana as before. I lived in Renana for a little bit, Doug. Yeah, and I, I went to the president and I said, listen, I'm on an Israeli contract. I got to stay here like two months after we lose. Just give me your word as a man. I'm going to get every penny and I'm good. And he was like, we will do the best that we can. And I was like, no, no I don't, maybe you didn't understand it. It was translation. Thing. Like, I don't know. Just give me your word as a man that, you know, I will be, uh, I'll be compensated every penny of my contract and you will not hear a word from me. And he was like, we cannot, I cannot give you my word. I will do the best I can. I do best. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, I'm leaving at, after, you know, Sunday's game or whatever. So anyway, so I show up. So I played two games for Phoenix against the Detroit Dogs in Detroit. That was interesting. Downtown Detroit, $25 per diem. Uh, we get back to Phoenix. We're staying at a, staying right across the street from Arizona State. And our hotel is, I'm going to say like a Holiday Inn, but it also has like a Denny's. So basically you should have had like your, your $20 or $25 sent to the Denny's. So that's where you but my teammates were really talented. I was unbelievably talented league. But yeah. we were in Phoenix, and they all, like, were living with one of the sons. You know, like Jamel Thomas, 530 was. I know Jamel. Jamel's a good yeah. dude. Yeah. So uh, Jamel was, like, living with Steph, right? So he'd roll up. I mean, here we are. We're playing. We played one game at Memorial, the Phoenix Suns old arena. And then we played, like, at this church after that. So, like, we're rolling up, making 500 to 1,000 a week. And he's in like steps Escalade with like all the, all the Stefan Marbury logo shit on it. Right. Like you name it, we had dudes and we had, we had a lot of talent. So, okay. Who's on your team in Westchester? Oh man. Jason Stamper played at Minnesota. We had, we had a couple like, you know, high level street ball guys that were super talented, super athletic, never went to school. Uh, the, actually the kid who hit the game winning shot against me in Juco, uh, and, and uh, who ended up actually at Utah. He was a really good player for the Utah Utes and now coaches at Iona, Ricky Johns. We had a few good guys, man. We had other guys that played at Iona and, you know, it was, um, I was probably the only Juco guy and it was everybody else played at a D1 and, or either like that street ball route. So it was an interesting. Oh, you know who's on my team? Headache from man one. He was a character. He was a character, man. That guy what was, was What was Teresa Willis been like as a coach? She was great. You know, she's so caring, knows what she's talking about. It's no surprise, like, her success she has now to me. Like, she's just a great person, you know, great per- great to play for. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. 
Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance... Stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Hey, guys. LeVar Arrington here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature. Powerhouse by design. The Tundra can Combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you Visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, so you get done playing there. Now what? Well, an agent got some film of mine, realized I was Jewish, said I should get my citizenship, went to Israel, worked out with teams, and, you know, played really well in, in a lot of those workouts and ended up signing in the second division. Um, it was just... You know, all that stuff that you talk about with your conversations with the guy from Israel is very familiar. Like it's there. I don't want to say this, but a lot of Israelis are hard to deal with, man. No, there's, listen, I, it, it's I think what happens is a good portion of the negative stereotypes about Jewish businessmen are actually stereotypes about Israeli businessmen right? <laughs> who are Jewish, but not necessarily they're not American Jews. Um and, and I and I also think that there's like a some of it is is just the region, right? That region, and and you can you can experience it. So if you've ever played, and I it's not just Israel, but the Middle East is very much like this. So four years ago, I coached the Maccabi Games team, right? And I told the guys, I was like, look, a day is not a day until there's an argument, okay? And just you can set your watch by it. There will be an argument just about every day we get on the bus. And they're like, no, why? I was like, I don't know why. I don't know what they're saying. But they will be talking with their hands and they will be yelling at each other. And then they will grab their coffee and they will they will say goodbye. And like, I don't know. I don't really understand the mentality, but 
it's something about that like fighter mentality that Israelis have. And you'd get on the bus. I never forget, like we landed, you land at like five, you know, right? you go to the hotel, you check in, and then you have practice at like 7.30. And so guys are you know, like still half asleep and they grab a big water and they get on the bus. And all of a sudden, mom, I go away, my name, and you're like, oh. <laughs> And I was, I turned around, I was like, told you it's now that's a day now, you know? Um, so yeah, no, you're, you're right. There are, it, it can be, I, I think, I think lots of guys, lots of, uh, young people are like, yo, if I don't make it, I'm going to make it in the league. If not, I'm going to play in the G league. Like that's hard. Don't make a ton of money. Super competitive. And oh yeah, by the way, really talented, not a ton of spots. And like not great travel if you're in a, a bigger city than they were, you know, back when it was a CBA. And if you're going to go play overseas, you don't know if you're getting your money. You don't necessarily know the language. The coaches can be bizarre, you know, in their desires. There's a lot of things that kind of go on there. So, so your first gig is with who? Benjamina. Um, <laughs> my teammate was Kenny Williams, who used to play for the Indiana Pacers. I'm Kenny. Me and Kenny are great friends to this day. Um, play great, you know, they, they mess with my playing time at times, but when I played, I played great. Um, they tried to convince me to stay. That's what, this is funny. They tried to convince me to stay the second year after messing with me the whole year. And they're like, I'm like, I think I'm going to go play in the first division. Like, you know, if, uh, you know, this is not really for me. They're like, and they were going down to the third division. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to stay here. They're like, it's good to be very tough. And eventually I end up playing in the second biggest club in Israel called Hapoel Jerusalem. So you can't really listen to anybody there. You got to go with your gut. Um, and that happened to be the lockout season, though. But it was an accomplishment. It was an accomplishment for me just to get on that team because you know how it is, Doug. Like you're fighting with Israelis that live there their whole life and they watch yeah. play on the national team and they're familiar with these guys and those guys probably don't like you for whatever reason, even though I think I'm a pretty likable guy and I always got along with teammates. They kind of resent you because they feel you're taking their spots and money. But I did end up on the second biggest club in Israel and it was the NBA lockout season. Um, Luke Jackson, Avery Bradley was there for a little bit. It, it was stacked. DJ Strawberry, who I think is an underrated player, was with us, um, you know, was there. And then they started messing with my money. And I had to leave and just a lot of different, different places in Israel within all the leagues played really well. When I played, um, ended up going to Denmark, which was one of my greatest experiences in the division one league in Denmark. I averaged 33. That was fantastic, Doug. Like, you know, all the stuff we say about is Israelis making things tough for me. The Danish people made things so easy for me. It, it was no, awesome. I, know. Like, I, I mean, love Denmark. I love no, Denmark. Those Nordic, Nordic countries are incredible. Uh, clean. Right. Yeah. And yes. I'm oh, so man. Clean, so crazy. clean. You're like, wow, why is yeah. everything so clean here? Yes. Um, okay. So you go to Denmark, then where? Then I go back to Israel a few years. Um, and I realized I just couldn't do this anymore. So this lasted, you know, 10 years altogether. Uh, I'm not going to go through all my teams, but, you know, second division here, first division there, you know, Denmark, back to Israel. Um, had some really great seasons with some teams had played all different kinds of roles kind of was like an overseas, you know, journeyman. Um, it was a great experience. Ended up in Israel in that last year. I just realized like, 
I was playing well too. I was like, you know, my game was still there. I still work on my game to this day. I never felt it. I never lost a love for basketball, but I just realized like being in Israel is not for me anymore, man. And uh, I think I want to go back to the States. Okay. So when did you come back stateside? Uh, 2017. Then what'd you decide to do? Well, I worked with players, which I still do and started a podcast, man. I'm most interested in, uh, you know, being in basketball media, either creating my own niche or, you know, getting with a bigger platform eventually. So I've been focused on media, on media for a long time now, combos court podcast. If you include the bonus episodes, we're over 300 episodes in a lot of great guests like Jay Billis, Joe Lenardi, yourself. I don't even know if you remember you were on my pod, Doug. I do. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, all different former NBA players, former media members. It's been great. And that's something I work on religiously. So, um, but then you tore your ACL again, what working dudes out. See, the thing is, is that my ACL was never the same after the first surgery and it deteriorated, it deteriorated to a point where it wasn't stable anymore. So I had to get surgery again. Okay. So you're, you're, you're currently rehabbing that and you're five months in, did you the hamstring again? What'd you do this time? Um, yeah, I'm almost at six months now. Hamstring again, other hamstring on the right side, back to my left. Okay. Um, uh, well, you have the unique perspective, uh, basically kind of skipping college basketball, but that allows you, you're not kind of polluted by the college basketball style of offense and defense. And it's, it's a different sport, right? On the other hand, most of your experience as a player is an international ball, whereas it's, it's different here, even though you played in the ABA. So recently you went to, uh, the NBA summer league, which it's just different when you have a guy like yourself that's played, that gets it, that can see it. Um, I think, you know, most of the social media reaction is a highlight here, a highlight there. Maybe right. even one really good game where the true, what you learned about, what you learned about Summer League is, I remember I was, I was Summer League with the Lakers, you know, I had, I had a really good game. And then I came back in the next day and, uh, uh, Frank Hamlin was one of the assistants for the Lakers back in the day. He came up from the Bulls, you know, he's a Phil Jackson guy. He's like, golly. So like, yeah, it's like good night, good game last night. You know what being you know being a pro is? I go, no, he goes, fucking do it again tonight. You know, and I go, it's a great point. And I just um I I didn't struggle with it necessarily when I was in the USBL. I didn't struggle with it in the ABA because just like playing hoop every day. Mm -hmm. But the mentality of like you, 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 you got you sit there on the bench and you just load up with energy and you have to process it and have it come out the right. And it just, everything works one night. You're like, okay, now you got to do that again tomorrow night with you just extend because yeah. you get done, you play a game, you get done. And then summer league was in long beach, which is close to where I grew up. So my parents were there. My, um, I think she's my wife by then. Yeah, I was there. You know, you're just like, you feel like you're a part of the Lakers. And, but then you realize like, oh shit, I got to do it again. Like tonight was Memphis. Tomorrow night's the Clippers, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's pretty dope. But anyway. Um, okay. So who, if you could say I came home from summer league and this was the best player that I saw can be, can be a big name, can be a small name. The best player you saw was who? Man, it's close between Jalen Green and Cade Cunningham. 
I'll give the edge to Cade Cunningham because of the leadership and the poise, and he seems a little bit more advanced with his game at this point. But Jalen Green was explosive, man. And what I liked about Jalen Green was that obviously he could score the basketball, really athletic. Separation is amazing. Like he could just get a shot off whenever he wants, but he cares on both sides of the floor. So that tells me he's going to be a good defender as well at the NBA level. Like you could look in his face and that's the great thing. That's the value of showing up somewhere in person. You could read body language better. So I just really feel like he cares about both sides of the floor and he's going to be a dynamic scorer. Like he's an NBA scorer right now. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he scores like 17 points a game his rookie year to 20. Yeah, I, I think he'll struggle with field goal percentage the first couple of years. He, he doesn't really know what a good shot is, but I would agree with you. I mean, that guy's a professional scorer. I think what's yes. interesting is that both of them are as advertised. Yes. Right. And that's kind of a rarity, right? Sometimes you get there and you're like, he's not as big or he's not as good or something. No, like this is man. interesting. Top five was probably as advertised. To be I, would agree. I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. You know, uh, I mean, I think Jalen Suggs is exactly what he's advertised to be. I think Kaminga's pretty much what he's advertised to be. Well, actually, I think Kaminga is better than what people were saying. I mean, everything you heard about Kaminga going into this was negative and the Warriors didn't care. They obviously didn't look at the draft boards or look at draft Twitter or look at media. They just took who they felt the best player was at the moment. And it seems to be like it's going to work out from what I saw in summer league. Yeah. Okay. So let's, um, let, let's, let's go to, let's go to Kaminga. What, what you said, it's going to work out. What's he ultimately going to be like? Yeah, that's the thing. I think he's better right now. He's better suited to be a four or five in the NBA. Hopefully he could develop those skills with his handle and reading off pick and rolls to be eventually becoming a three, but his best, his best path to NBA minutes right now, or as a small ball four as a small ball five, but the guy is a crazy athlete, man. Like he made one defensive play that really stood out to me, how quick he gets off the floor. I haven't seen in a long time from anybody, to be honest, like he gets off the floor quick. He's a top level NBA athlete. Um, okay. What about Evan? You mentioned top five. What about Evan Mobley? What was your impressions? So Evan Mobley was probably the most disappointing out of the five, but that's not saying much because all five, I think, played well. Mm -hmm. um, what sticks out about Evan Mobley is his fluidity. Um, really, like, he could, he could go up for a shot fake, land, and still slide and stay in front of his man. Like, he could close out, jump, land, and still slide with a perimeter player. Defensively, he's NBA ready right now. He has great feel for the game, great fluidity. Um, the jump shot has to improve. I think he only shot 12% from three in summer league. So everybody was raving about his touch, but we'll have to see if that really develops and he'll be able to knock down that three consistently. All the other guys were more consistent with their play in the top five. I think Evan Mobley was more flashes, but he played well also, just not as well as the other four. Um, okay. Uh, let's, let's go to, uh, let's go to Jalen Suggs. What is, what is, who is he in the NBA? Who does he play like for you? I think he could be a Drew Holiday. He could play both sides of the floor. He's a, he'll be a good offensive player and he'll be dynamic on defense. He made some crazy defensive plays in the big moments of that summer league game. I know it's only summer league, but I think he's a guy who gets it. I think he's a great intangibles guy. He's a really good athlete. I think the shooting is better than people think. When it comes to a lot of these prospects, actually, like Cade shooting was probably better than even people thought. Um, Scotty is a willing shooter. 
And I think Jalen Suggs is another guy that shoots it well off the dribble. Um, he's going to get better catch and shoot. It looks good. So, yeah, I think he could be an NBA comp for him. And I have a love-hate relationship with NBA comps, but I could see a Drew Holiday. And I think he's going to be a guy that comes up in the big moments. That's always been his rep, and that's what he's done in college for the most part. Yeah. It was all one year. Um, okay, you mentioned Scotty Barnes. Um, yeah. Kind of the prototype athlete, right, for 2021 basketball. But as a, as a player and an evaluator, what did you see? Well, I was high on Scotty Barnes, higher than most going into this. And I saw what I thought I was saw from him, an NBA-ready defender, a guy who can initiate offense. Uh, defense is something you could really start out with. Like, he's a guy that could guard one through five legitimately. And on offense, I think we don't put into enough stock into players that just make the right decision really often. I think we overanalyze things sometimes. And he's a guy that just continually – continuously makes the right decision over and over and over again. Great passer, great feel. And you mentioned the athleticism. There's probably guys that jump higher than Scotty Barnes, but there's not a lot of guys who have the athletic profile of Scotty Barnes. Like I think a good person to compare that with would be like Obi Toppin. Obi probably jumps higher, but he's not the overall athlete that Scotty is in terms of sliding his feet, flexibility, you know? So I think we almost put too much stock into the just jumping and Scotty Barnes is just a great overall athlete. And he's a willing shooter, as I said. So I think that's important. And I think, if he becomes an average NBA shooter, he's definitely an all-star in my book. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned Obi Toppin. It's like when he was drafted, everybody went crazy because they loved him at Dayton, coming back home. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, what is he in the NBA? You know? And when he's at the A-10, he's playing a five, not just a five, but also against Atlantic 10 fives, you yeah. know? And it, it, looks, it looks different. Now he struggles to find you know, something to latch onto that this is what I'm going to be. Whereas Scotty Barnes, you know, didn't start at, 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 at Florida state, but he's a different body type, as you point out, a different kind of athlete yes. and more one that's more transferable to an NBA style game than, than OB's is. 100%. OB was more refined coming out, obviously, because he was older. Yeah. Um, I think people saw the through the legs dunks and all that stuff. And you, you automatically think, craziest athlete you know but there's more to athleticism than just jumping out the gym correct correct lateral athleticism is huge um uh you didn't get to see giddy a ton i don't know if you saw him with the olympic team what'd you think man i watched that first game with giddy first play of the game he comes off and just gets down the lane and catches a dunk and then he doesn't play anymore i was looking forward to seeing that matchup uh Cade versus josh but it didn't happen. That would have been interesting. You know, Josh Giddy's size, that's what that's what a great takeaway from it. He looks about Cade's size from what I saw, but he wasn't in the game very long. You know, he's big and he's not a, obviously not a crazy athlete, but he gets gets a lot done. I do think also sometimes like the game continues to evolve and yes. you can make up for a lot with I mean, Luca's not a not a blur at all, right? Mm-hmm. But he knows how to use his body, he knows how to create separation space, and he's obviously super skilled. And I'm not saying Giddy is Giddy's Luca, but if Luca can do it as a limited athlete on some level, so too can a Josh Giddy in, in with his style of play. I would say the big difference is, is that Luca gets his shot off effortlessly and seamlessly, and Josh Giddy's release is kind of slow. Yes. Totally agree. Totally agree. And Luca's, I mean, a, a star player. Yeah. By the way, are you in the Luca is the best player in the world camp? Man, it's hot. And everybody, you know, draft night, Lucas draft night, I was the guy saying this guy was going to be the best player. 
out of this draft and people were like on me about it. Like, no, it's too slow. That's Europe. They didn't really realize that when you're a Euro league MVP at that age, it means a lot. But I will say to your question now, I've always been high on Luca and people like talk smack to me how high I am on Luca. I would say that it is between LeBron and probably at this point, KD between the two best players in the world. You think LeBron? Yeah, I know. uh, We have to see how he comes back. It's always a wait and see with him. But he was an MVP candidate until that injury, I think. And uh, we have to see how he comes back. So it's going to be interesting to see. But KD, I mean, I'm not mad at anybody saying that KD is the best player in the world, especially what we saw in the playoffs and in the Olympics. Not mad at that at all. No, I I, I would agree. I, I just think sometimes we do a little bit of the the dated, like, look, LeBron's just not the same dude. He's still a great player, but I don't think he's that guy. On the other hand, if you don't like him, like, who do you like? Anthony Davis, yeah, but yeah. he's always obviously he's always hurt, you know. Um, Doug, what do you I, feel I, about I Anthony? He's, Doug, crazy, you, but he's he's just not able to physically dominate and impose his will like LeBron has at times. Although I still think I don't think LeBron imposes his will nearly as the percentage of times that that he. I mean, for example, is you know, I, again, I understand that that KD couldn't get his team to the NBA Finals with all those injuries, but he still carried his team when they lost those two other guys. And I know Harden came back and played. Whereas LeBron, I mean, he lost Anthony Davis and they just house a card, you know, and they just all went collapsed. I, I, I'm not sure he's I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't think he's that guy anymore. Still a great player, but dude, 19 years in the NBA takes a ton, ton of, of tread off the tires. How did you feel about AD coming into the season out of shape? Um, well, I kind of knew, too, I kind of know too much. I mean, reputation wise out here, everyone will say like, he, you know, you ask anybody in the Lakers organization, like everybody loves AD, but he just, he's just a hooper. Like he thinks you just show up and hoop. And, you know, whereas LeBron, it's when he says he spends a million dollars in his body, he spends a million dollars in his body. And right. that's why for the most part, you know, he's had obviously two of the last three years here, he's had injuries. But he's had an unbelievable run. Whereas Anthony Davis is like, "What? I'm at four weeks. All right, I'll see you guys in four weeks." <laughs> like, yeah, it shows. He just, he just rolls different. And and look, in fairness to them, you know, the Lakers wanted them to get away from it. It was a lot in the bubble, and it was a quick turnaround. Yeah, but uh, but you know, Shaq was the same way. He wouldn't work out in the offseason, come in and play his way into shape. But that's a dangerous yeah. game to play because you know, the second you're carrying a little bit more weight, that's when your body starts to break down. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, there's, there's I, th- I always thought there was like three types of guys. There's the guys that don't do enough. There's the guys who are professionals doing what they're supposed to do. And then there's the, the obsessive, obsessive compulsive guys. And uh, usually pros fit into one of those three categories, in my opinion. Yep. I, w- I would agree with that. He's definitely not an excessive compulsive. Right. Exactly. That is not, exactly. That is not, that is not, not who, not who, who he is. Uh, right. On paper. Um. Where where are you on the Lakers? I mean, I guess you can't just be on paper, like, but when I mean, they did add Russell Westbrook, but he's an inefficient shooter and he's in his mid-30s and he's had poor knee surgeries. Yeah, you know how it is. Um spacing is gonna be an issue with them, but they with the amount of talent they have, I think the coaching staff could be creative and figure it out. I think a big key for them is how well Anthony Davis shoots the three, so you don't have two cloggers on the floor. I think you could do – now, this sounds crazy, but I think you could use Russell as a super Bruce Brown 
um, <laughs> in spots. I think that makes sense. Small ball four, small ball five. Well, that's and, how they use them in Houston. Yeah, that's how they used them in Houston. Exactly. And I think that's how they have to use them now. But, you know, Anthony Davis, it would greatly benefit them if he could knock down that three because, I mean, there's a good chance that Russell won't. So the spacing could be compromised there. Well, I think, I mean, I think the game plan is to start him at the five. And or as Russell or Russell or AD AD. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's what they always wanted to do, but AD's not a fan of that. Right. Right. But I think slowly he's kind of bought into it and he understands that like, that's how they're going to finish. Now they're trying to convince him like, let's start that way as well. And then, okay. You know, bring in Dwight some, but Dwight's not going to be a starter or Mark, if he has anything left, he's not going to be a starter uh, either. I think that's, that's generally the game plan. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Hey, guys, it's Ray from the Bobby Bone Show here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Let's go! Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the hills to the trails all over. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander, with three spacious rows of seating, up to eight passengers, yeah. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer, check out amazing national sales event deals on RAV4s, Highlanders, and more. Visit buyatoyota.com, that's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. All right, what about the Nets? Can they keep it together long enough to get to a finals where they'll have a ton of talent? Yeah, if they stay, if they stay healthy, 
they'll they'll be fine, man. Mentally uh, or physically healthy. You know, Kyrie is somewhat of a wild card, even though I will always say that Kyrie is the most skillful player in the NBA. And I don't know if you want to debate that. I, I think that guy has more options as an offensive player than anybody in the NBA. Um, but he's always a wild card when it comes to, you know, off the court, but love him as a player. Um, yeah, you know, the chemistry on the court looked really good when they got to play together last year. And, and it, you know, it didn't last. They didn't get to play with each other much. But I think Patty Mills was a huge offseason signing for them. I think that went under the radar, and that's going to be big for them because he's going to be able to step in when one of those guys are injured and play great regular season and playoff minutes. That's a good point. Uh, if you had to pick one team in the West that would that would compete uh, the most with the Lakers, who would it be? Oh, man, let's say – let's go with a wild card. If Jamal Murray comes back healthy, let's say Denver. You know what's funny? That's the one that I would point to. And I'll tell you why. The Lakers have transformed themselves in this offensive team, right? They were the best defensive team two years ago. Now they're an offensive team. They're not better offensively on paper than Denver because Denver's so much. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. is a 20 and 20. He's a problem. And he has another I think I think he has another leap to make, Doug. Oh, yeah. And then you throw in um uh and then you throw in, obviously at the MVP. People forget how good Jamal Murray was going back to the bubble, right? Like you have th- – that's – I mean, you got mm, 65, 70 points right there between those three. Yeah. You know? And then they have a depth of other dudes. They could people they, they still have Aaron Gordon, right, where they got – they were still kind of trying to figure out how to use him late right. in the year. Like that's a really good offensive team, really good. Yeah, and, you know, it was amazing how they were playing when they had Aaron Gordon – and Jamal Murray was still healthy. They were playing like the best team in the league at that point, and I think they could get back to that. Um, okay, give me one team in the East that you think is most likely to compete with with Brooklyn. Would it be Milwaukee? Do you like what Boston's done? Are you going to go crazy town and tell me the the Knicks? Is it going to be Philly? We still don't know what they hang on to Ben Simmons. Let's go with the team you didn't mention, the Heat. You know, yeah, Heat, good one. Heat culture. Um, their coaching staff always seems to get things done, in my opinion, and they have enough talent this year with Kyle and Jimmy and Duncan space in the floor. And hopefully uh, Tyler could get back to where he was in the bubble. Um, they got a lot of pieces there, and I think they have enough talent to get it done. Would they beat a healthy Nets? I don't think so, but I think they can make a run again. Um, okay, last thing. How can somebody get your podcast? Combo's Court Podcast, C-O-M-B-O-S-C-O-U-R-T, um, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify. You can follow me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo, O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O, and on Twitter at Combo's Court, C-O-M-B-O-S-C-O-U-R-T. Doug, thank you so much for having me on your platform. I actually listen to your podcast. I enjoy your podcast. Um, I appreciate everything that you do, and thanks so much for having me on. Last thing. Hold on, last thing. Um, we haven't talked Warriors. Okay. I may be the only guy. I kind of think this is going to be a year. Like, I have no idea about Clay's health. None. I'm with you, Doug. I'm but totally I'm, I'm looking and I'm sitting there going, like, when you have those two guys and you got Dre, and I don't love Andrew Wiggins. I don't know if they hold on him. But if he's your third or fourth best player, I like it. I don't like if he's your first or second best player. I like if he's your third or fourth best player. Wiseman, people forget, like, dude had played three games in college. Three. You know? So 
no real preseason learning curves hard. He's just a kid. Um, I, I'm, I like the, I like what the Warriors, uh, the kid, what's the kid from Michigan? I'm going to forget his name. Um, came off the bench for him. Like he, I, I thought that I think they found something there. I like them. I think they're going to be great. I don't think they'll be legit title contenders though, to be honest, Doug. Okay. How come? Well, I think first of all, the Kaminga pick kind of shows that they're going in two different directions. They took a guy who's going to be good four or five years from now and maybe not right away. Um, we don't know about Clay's health. It's two injuries in, in a row. And I think, you know, they caught lightning in the bottle when they were the Warriors back then. I don't think they have the same supporting cast. They don't have Livingston and Iguodala and these type of veterans. They got Iguodala back. Well, they got Iguodala back. You know what I mean. I closer to pro- closer to prime Iguodala. And I don't I, know I, if these I, guys. I, 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 but, but hold on. But, but like, let's, let's, let's. Um, let, let's look at it though now. Okay. So now their bench, why can I not remember who is the kid from Michigan who comes off the bench to them who can really shoot? He's got the floppy hair. I'll think. Oh yeah. He played in the G league a little bit. Did he? Probably. I mean, he can, he can hoop. Um, okay. But then, so you have. Cool. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Yes. I yes, like Jordan. He's good. Cool. Yes. He's, he's good. great. He's great. So, so you bring off the bench, you bring pool off the bench. You'll bring Kaminga. Off the bench, who else they draft? They draft somebody else who I, I kind of like. Doug, where's the playoff experience? Again, that that's well, you have Andre Godala. Okay. They'll I'm sure they'll add some got some buyout market guys as well, right? And then you're you know, you're starting lineup now. You still have Steph and Clay. Yes. And Dre. Yes. We don't know. Dre. We don't know. We Draymond shooting has declined, and we don't know about Clay. So I feel like there's a lot of questions. It, it, it's completely fair. Completely yeah. fair. But if we do the on paper thing or, you know, if all if they if everything goes right for them. Right. right. When you start doing that too much, I feel like you're not a contender anymore. Right. In a yeah, way. But it's but it's but but that's part of like, OK, we just said Denver. All right. Well, we don't know what Jamal Murray is going to be like. Come back from a knee. Yeah. I, yeah. I know. All right. So we could X out Jamal Murray and Clay. And then we just <laughs> added all these other problems with the Warriors. You know right. what I mean? Got yeah. it. OK. You know, but like it's like okay, Russ has had four knee surgeries. LeBron's been hurt too the last three years, and yeah. Davis hurt like every year. The Brooklyn Nets, like the Brooklyn was the best team in the NBA. They were going to win the NBA championship. Kyrie tri- rolls his ankle, and James Harden pulls his hamstring. Right, these things do happen. He, what you're saying is there's a it, it's these aren't limited soft tissue tough to soft tissue. Like we're talking two major injuries from Clay. The one thing that I, I it does give me maybe more hope is um, is that you see how KD came back from the Achilles tendon. Like it feels like medicine has really improved. It didn't for Demarcus Cousins, but it's a different position. He wasn't in great shape. He's not the not the same type of player. So I, I don't know. It's it's going to be really interesting to see what happens w- with with Clay. But I also think the point that you made, which is a good one, which is. I don't think people understand how much they were ahead of the NBA yeah. in terms of understanding, valuing the three-point shot, small ball basketball. They had all the right pieces. You know, they yes. had Steph's second contract was only $44 million, allowed them to go out and get other guys. Now they're mm-hmm. capped out. Now they're older, and now everybody plays some form of small ball. So I think yes. it's going to be interesting. Yeah. 
No, I, I just think, I just feel like the compound effect of question marks, it, it's just going to be tough for the Warriors to overcome all of that. But they do have Steph, but I would say the Lakers have LeBron and the Nets have KD. So that's another factor why you could have the, you know, the Nets, the Lakers over the Warriors. But, you know, all great players, but I would give the edge to LeBron and KD when it comes to the playoffs and the finals. I didn't ask you. Um, I have my own opinion. I've talked to you, but I'm not going to cloud yours. Jello Ball made a little bit of the headlines because he made some threes in the first game. You watched, you evaluated. What level of player is Jello Ball? Well, I can tell by the way you framed the question. I probably know your opinion on it. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but <laughs> I'll tell you this. He looked like he belonged in NBA Summer League. You got to give him credit for that. He played well. You know, he made shots. I feel like the biggest issue with him is the foot speed at his position. I think it would help him to lose some weight, maybe get a little bit quicker on his feet. Um, the thing is, though, his brother could be a future superstar, and that helps younger siblings or even older siblings get on their team. So I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he becomes the Charlotte Hornet in the future, especially if he get maybe down to the G League and play really well down there in combination of LaMelo becoming a superstar. I think it could happen. But, you know, in summer league, he looked like he belonged. I'll say that. Good stuff. All right, bro. I can't wait to hear your next pod. I appreciate you on mine. I only had you on not just because you had me on yours because I've been listening. I enjoy it. I enjoy your insight and I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on your platform. Uh, keep up the great work with All Ball and everything else that you do, Doug. Talk soon. Really appreciate you. Anytime, bro. Talk soon. Later. A reminder, the Doug Gottlieb Show, daily, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific, on the iHeartRadio app. Of course, you can download that as a podcast on a daily basis. That's the Doug Gottlieb Show. Yeah, like, uh, we, we talk a lot about NBA, and I... I love his insight and his input, but in terms of college basketball, man, we're going to have to do kind of like a, like check in Arizona, new head coach, right? Um, Kentucky coming off a really tough season, Texas, new head coach. Looks like they're loaded up for bear. Oklahoma, new head coach, Indiana, new head coach, North Carolina, new head coach. Like these are the biggest of the big boys. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. An interesting journey was had. And of course, really good stuff on the summer league. Keep your questions coming at Gottlieb show. Check out the Doug Gottlieb show. Remember to subscribe, down, download, uh, subscribe, rate, write a review of this pod. It somehow helps me out. In the meantime, I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is all ball. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 